Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) oh right. So, <laughs> oh, well, that's fine because the first word was actually, yeah. Anyway. You've been absolved, yeah. Point is, it's relatively public knowledge at this point, but I started playing Fortnite like a month ago. hmm Because you're 12. It is so fun. <laughs> it is such a fun game. I'm, I am so happily surprised at how entertaining this game is. I fully believe it. A lot of people really like it. Yeah, you know? it, yeah, it has yeah a shit ton of people really like it, but like, it's it's depending on how you look at it, it is literally like a a a, a the kids with a kid with action figures dream, <laughs> like with the number of licenses and skins that they yeah have, yeah where you just have like the kid you know the kid that like has like one action figure of every freaking sure. name line out there because yeah. they don't their collection is just size and not like name brand <laughs> breadth and not specificity sure yeah and it's just like you're running around and then all of a sudden like Miles Morales knocks you down and then you're saved by uh Master Chief and then you go and take down Doom Guy and Rick Sanchez <laughs> right <laughs> it's just so weird <laughs> but like the character does like the, it what really makes me just so excited is all of the like one the accuracy of the character models that are like actual licensed characters but then like all of their like original stuff like their first party for lack of a better phrase things yeah. things are just so over the top and like mm. designed to like with with just audacity in in mind and it's just it's so much fun nice and i see like i can see how like if you made your career out of this and you you start taking it personally and start and start taking it very serious it, it's it's a shooter game at the end of the day right uh, and that and that comes with a certain level of um stress and anger that a lot of people can have <laughs> um but i am well one I, it's not that for me because it's just sure. having fun hanging out yeah but um i'm gonna unlock i'm gonna unlock optimus prime over the next few days as a skin and i'm so excited excellent <laughs> so I'm very stupid, happy for you. so i'm so stoked <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's it's funny like the inception of it the inception of it was like hey uh, well, Stu was like, my sister's moving into town and her little brother's going to be here and he's going to want to play Fortnite. And he was, and Stu was like, I'm going to have to learn how to play Fortnite. Uh-huh. And I was like, I got you. I'll play with, I'll like, I'll download Fortnite with you. Yeah. Hang out. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. I support you. Start, start. Uh, have you started flossing yet? <laughs> the dance, not your teeth. Oh God, no. Although... That oh, that emote has I don't think it's shown up in uh in uh this is like meme. a real like several years ago meme, isn't it? Well it is, but they recycle all their stuff in the item store. Sure. And I don't I don't think it's shown up 
again okay. yet so far. I mean, Steve I, I was downloaded it yet. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> almost every game night. I'm like, hey, Steve, do you uh, pick up Fortnite? No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and now, and now everyone else in game night's playing Battle Bit, which is another shooter multiplayer. Sure. Giant You're like, guys, come game. on. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> F me, I guess. Yeah. At least I'm having a good time. But and I don't need I don't need no IRL friends because I've got my internet friends to play with. That's I guess. right. Yeah. But anyway, I'm. It's one of those things where, like, as soon after I say it, after I get over the shock, it's like duh. Because I was gonna say I'm shocked at how much fun I'm having playing Fortnite. No, it makes. But then sense. once you say it. And you think about it, it's like, yeah, it I'm has shocked. millions of followers. <laughs> I'm shocked at how much fun I'm having playing this game. Yeah, this game <laughs> that the entire world knows and loves. Yeah, it, yeah. Like the game that has gone, that has has had reach outside of just the game. Even Somehow, dis- I'm even actually dis- having a good time playing this game. <laughs> even despite that. It's, uh, yeah. I am. It's, it's, it's just yeah. like being surprised that you're having fun playing a video game. It's like this is what video games are for. They are supposed right? <laughs> to be fun. Oh man. Anyway, it's it's. Last night was the first time I found myself like thinking about it while not oh. playing it or streaming. Uh huh. So I, I I played last night for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Before I went to bed, and I was like, oh, oh. I've I've like I've reached that next that next level of borderline obsession with this game. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. I've spent ten dollars. No, I think it was twenty dollars. Right on. And I'm trying keep like, it there. I would like to keep it there. That's what I'm yeah. just gonna say here right now. Yeah. yeah. The okay. problem is. You're you. So I did. So the Avengers hit the store. The Avengers uh-huh. hit the store. I didn't buy any of them. Okay. But when spiders hit the store, I. That's fine. If you if you if you want me to tease you mercilessly, no, you don't need you to weak. show up in my streams. You're fine. Just move on. <laughs> move on with life. You've got friends coming over. Focus on your friends. Don't don't. You don't need to show up in my chat while I'm like scrolling through the item shop and just salivating <laughs> when spiders hit the store. Okay. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it. Move on with your life. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, well, welcome back. Thank you. You were missed from the last episode. Yeah. I I, uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. I hope it was good. I hope that it was, um, you know, that, Yeah. Got through it okay and everything. Uh, I survived. I didn't like it, but I survived. That's fair. Uh, that's I, I, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I just took the first like real honest vacation of my entire life. Yeah, the man. That's wild. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Spent a week on a boat. We crashed the boat. <laughs> we... Dude, so I came into I came into voice chat like after you told that story, but I gathered something, 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 crash, 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 and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it was it was it was relatively so we were we were on one engine the whole time. It was a catamaran, you got an engine on either pontoon on either side, right? And the 
the first like not quite hour but like we were out we were out at sea for like two hours and somebody just like lightly bumped against one of the the like throttle lever arms Mm. and it snapped off because it had been because it had been put back on with super glue probably Mm. not Um, that super elmer's glue maybe (laughs) (laughs) that purple stick glue that we had in third grade well no uh i i can say from from uh from experience you know from from personal i can personally verify that super glue would not have done a very good job in that situation because we tried to fix it with super glue and that's where the problem started because we were docking at Union Island in St. Vincent and the Grenadines and with the with the fixed, you know, the super glued back on handle and pulling it, you know, back and pops off oh again. And we're in the middle of, you know, of the harbor of the anchorage. And now we're like. It wasn't even at that point. It was like, okay, how many boats are we going to hit? <laughs> <laughs> and how bad is it going to be? Oh my gosh. We were lucky to only hit one and we were lucky Excellent. to not cause any damage to their boat. But I was standing what? like 10 feet away from the impact and like a cable on their boat just kind of like chewed into like. <clears throat> The frame, like a fire, left this like big old gash in the fiberglass of of oh our boat. My gosh! And I'm just like, <laughs> 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 it was on the Fourth of July, and two of our crew, one was wearing an American flag T-shirt and American flag shorts, and another was wearing a T-shirt that said "Red, White, and Pew Pew Pew." And a picture of a bunch of guns. And we crashed into a French people, a French, you know, a boat flying a French flag. And as soon as it happened, they ran downstairs and changed their clothes. (laughs) Um, At least they have sense. The next day, (laughs) they're like, oh, we have to do some integration, uh, immigration things. Why don't we leave, go back to that same island with a skeleton crew of only like four people, leave the other 10 of you on this island without your passports and just hang out there all day? Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. They're like, we'll be back in four hours. (laughs) Seven hours later, (laughs) the sun is set. We're like, finally see them pulling up on the horizon we're like cool (laughs) apparently in that time they had beached the boat they had lost power to the other engine by getting a rope wrapped around the propeller and one of our people had to go scuba dive underneath for like two hours trying to cut the rope it was a it was a fantastic disaster. This isn't even including the on island shenanigans. There were cars falling into ditches. There were flamethrowers. We got fed on the beach by random people by just walking up and saying happy fisherman's birthday. It was uh it was good times. It was a little crazy. Yeah. Stayed stayed on a uh organic chocolate farm hosted by a guy with like 
four teeth and seven toes who told us about how he stole a quarter million dollars from the UK government and then fucked off to Grenada and opened a chocolate farm. We bought an entire case of overproof, like 150 proof rum that smelled like fucking jet fuel. And we're like, okay, this is what we have to drink. Week on the boat. Oh my gosh. There was a lot of Dude. shit. There was a lot. Does it have, does it have stories, the fire guard on, on top of the. No, no. Full oh, on. Oh just gosh. like we could have used that as Molotov cocktails. We could have fucked a lot of things up. <laughs> I started on Bacardi 151. Oof. Bad move. Well, if your goal, well, here's the thing. When you drink, you don't ever drink to just be like, I'm going to have a nice drink. You know, no, I'm going to enjoy a cocktail. <laughs> I'm going to have a beer, anything like that. You're like, either I will not drink at all, or I'm going to get fucked up tonight. And I'm so drinking if you're is drinking for a purpose. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not a casual drinker. <laughs> right. And so when that, that is your goal, then 151 makes perfect sense. I mean, it could, my, 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 choice of drinking activity could may be informed by how I started drinking. <laughs> but so because <laughs> the first alcohol I ever had was yeah. Smirnoff vodka. Sure. Um, and we went out of our way to prepare correct. I went to Freebirds, got a monster, oh, monster yeah. burrito, downed that shit, came back to the to the uh dorm, took a shot nothing i had like i had four shots of vodka that night and yeah nothing and so i was upset (laughs) disappointed and then christmas break happened and i was going home or may have been thanksgiving break doesn't matter it's going home with my mom and i was like so i tried drinking and she laughed at me and said, how was it? And I said, it sucked. <laughs> I was disappointed. Then we came back and my roommate, my doormate, the unofficial raging alcoholic that he is, right. uh, came back with a fifth of Bacardi 151. And that became our drink of choice. We would pregame uh, each have like th- three or four shots of that and then go out <laughs> and get lost in IV and come back later that night. But so that was my freshman the second half of freshman year mm-hmm. experience was mm-hmm. only drinking 151 it was amazing uh um, sure but i think i think that's that may have turned me off from the like let's go sit on the leather couch and and sip on this 50 year old scotch type who would ever want to sit on a leather couch that sounds terrible right (laughs) off the bat (laughs) because it's the first expensive piece of furniture i could think of anyway (laughs) like (laughs) like the 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 classy smoothie yeah drinking like like my just like a week ago uh, we had some friends over and wifey was having wine and everyone else was drinking wine i was just like (sighs) Like one um, one glass of wine. Give me a bottle. <laughs> I say the the two drink buzz is pretty nice, and if you can just get there and maintain it, mm. it's a good place to no, be. It is good. It is good. Yeah. My only downside, and I'm gonna say it's probably related to my current 
physical health is yeah. that two uh, two drink buzz also comes with an increase in body temperature. Mm, yeah. And it's very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> so like I want to drink past that or just yeah. not get there. That's so, like, <laughs> <laughs> so like the two drink buzz in the winter, I got you. Yeah. I'm yeah, all for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But the two drink buzz any other time in Santa Barbara, it's not happening. <laughs> Man, you would not do well in summer in New York City. Not drinking. Fair. I'll I'll have I'll down water and 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 soda in summer of New York all the all day. Yeah. All day, every day. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not I'm just not doing the two drink buzz. That's all. That's that's fair. That's fair. What are we doing here? What is this? Well, so glad you asked. This is Hype of My Superpower. It's a podcast. Talk about the things we're hyped on, comic books, etc. This week we're doing, we're uh, dipping back into Krakoa, just in case you thought we couldn't get enough of it. Will has dark web crossover between Spider-Man and the X-Men on the horizon, not too far away. But we've got a little bit more Krakoa to read before we get there. We're going to do... A little bit of that this week. You've got a fit look on your face. What's up? I think we talked about this once when when I when I read the last Spider-Man volume. Mm-hmm. But just like X-Men and Spider-Man are just obsessed with clones. And I feel like as we were going through Krakoa X, it's been casually brought up here and there that like their approach to clones have been vastly different. Yeah. And it almost feels like we manifested this destiny of, okay, Ben Riley and Madeline Pryor are going to hang out and do some cloney shenanigans. Clone and it's like, oh, well, here we go. Yeah, right? <laughs> let's, see, let's see how these two clone-happy titles <laughs> mix and match. So conceptually, I'm interested. I just don't, I'm not holding my breath for an actually good story. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, so that's coming up. So that's we're doing we're doing some we're going to have three Destiny episodes sprinkled throughout the next time frame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is our first weeks. of of those three. Yeah. So what we read this week, we read uh, a couple issues that kind of <laughs> fell off the got, French radar. <laughs> it fell off the Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the French were like we have a uh, we have no use for Sabertooth. Sabertooth <laughs> is not a part of our destiny. <laughs> so we read, we finished the Sabertooth series. We read Sabertooth 4 and 5. We also read X-Men 15 through 18, Marauders 7 through 10, New Mutants 29 through 33, X-Men Annual number 1, and X-Terminators 1 through 3. We may, may have broken uh-huh, that uh-huh. up a little bit. So, shall we get started? Yeah, let's jump in, man. Cool. So. Sabretooth, real quick, issues yeah. four and five. So yeah. the first three issues we spent with Sabretooth finding, uh, so because in Hawk's Pox at the very you know birth of the Krakoa era, Sabretooth was sent into the pit. Yeah, and this book picks up when five more mutants get sent down into the pit for their crimes. 
right. um, against the rules of Krakoa, the laws of Krakoa. And Sabretooth has kind of <clears throat> taken over the pit psychically, imprinted him an uh, aspect of himself on Krakoa, and is in the process of basically making his escape. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like spiriting himself into some vines of Krakoa and just like mm-hmm. manifesting himself and walking around. And his current warden is Doug Ramsey. They've had a couple of talks and who are the, so who are the five that are sent down with him? So um, we have Madison Jeffries, AKA box. He talks to machines. We have Oya and Necra black women who were plotting some sort of coup against the governments of the world. We have Melter, who's just a kid who wanted to do a little more on Krakoa and got a little out of control in that way. And we have a new character, Third Eye. Is there, are there more? Shoot. <laughs> That's it for now. Okay. And then to- everyone Toad, else. Toad joins in pretty quickly. Yeah. Every, every, well, Toad joins oh. in in these four, four and five issues. Yeah, closer to the end. Yeah, because he was put in. Added. He was he was he was thrown in during um, Trial of Magneto. Yeah, and then also around that time you got Nanny and <sighs> Nanny Maker. and Orphan Maker. Yeah, which has nothing to do with the story, but we don't know Orphan Maker's mutant ability yet, right? Kind of. Okay. We know that there is something, something, if his armor is broken over. Right. He explosion, was, explosion, bad times. Explosions, acids, destruction, mass destruction on a gigantic yeah. level. That we, we saw a little bit of that in the Hellions book. Right. But okay, I, I guess I should say it, ha- it hasn't been like on paper defined. No, it just seemed like explosive consequences if left unchecked. <laughs> That's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's because like because when when we first started Hellions, you were talking about how you weren't aware that Nanny and Orphan Maker were mutants. Correct. Because that was their yeah their older characters. They were introduced a lo- a while ago. Yep. Because um, I've n- I've never seen them before. Krakoa. Right. Cool. 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 Yeah. Anyway, so. I don't know. I in, in the interest of time, I I don't know if there's a whole lot to really go over. Um, yeah, I had some notes in here. One that third eye is cool. Uh, this new character, <laughs> the he's a black guy who basically. wears a suit. Yeah, he has astral projection powers, and he's got some cool sort of like wrinkles to his power. You know, like he can kind of bring things to and from the astral realm in a cool way that kind of makes sense. My second note here, it seems like Blob. So one of the things that's going on in this title beyond just they, you know, there's these guys underground is it opens up a, this is a prison abolition comic. Basically, this is about Mm -hmm. uh, from start to finish. It's how wrong it is to incarcerate people and just kind of throw them away from society at large. And so a lot of what's going on is they're like, as they're able to reach out and, and kind of contact people above ground, you know, there, there's sort of like a, a growing discontent from a bunch of characters topside, like bling and shark girl, like uh blob and skin and blob says something here. He's like, 
you know, Blob and Skin are on a cliff. They're talking and they're like, man, all this really sucks. And Blob's like, well, things are changing. Everyone can feel it. I'm going to miss what it was. But when there's a sudden power vacuum, it's good to have a friends, a brotherhood. I'm like, oh, shit. Right. Like, because because Blob has been a villain his whole, you know, history, which Mm -hmm. goes back to like one of the first four or five issues of of X-Men comics. Like he was OG, OG mutant villain. And he's just been a the bartender for the entire Krakoa realm. And he's been everywhere. And what does a bartender do? Yeah. They talk to people. They are in That's with why everybody. Jake Lockley is so cool. <laughs> they're and they're like they they have the connections. People trust them. People tell them things, right? And when when Blob said this, I was like, oh, fuck, what is Blob up yeah, to? Yeah, for him to drop this, like, million-dollar weight word. <laughs> yes, because brotherhood <laughs> yeah, obviously sure. means, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was wild. There's just kind of a, a throwaway panel in here where it's like, what do they, like, what do these characters go to for comfort psychically? And for Sabretooth, it's a picture of a bird. And I'm thinking, is this birdie? Like, is this mm-hmm. a, a a bigger, like, connection between those characters? Because beyond just his, like, psychic addiction to sort of the, the clarity of mind that she can provide. So that was interesting. Cool, cool sort of call out. We got an appearance of Bagma, who we haven't seen much mm-hmm. of. Melter transforms his body transforms into kind of a, a silvery mercury fireish kind of thing. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is this this sort of uh, breakdown. Uh, continuing the idea of this being a prison abolition comic, there's a text page here of what did they do, and the subtext being like, do they? do these people deserve what is being done to them? And I think that's a, a really interesting, like if you, if you ever watched like orange is the new black or something, or like a lot of prison media, there's kind of this, like, what was their life like on the outside? How did, what did they do? How did they get thrown in, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really cool to break that down into the, the thing of like, do they deserve what's being done to them? And the answer is almost always no. And yeah, at the end of it, Sabretooth reaches a hand out from the, the roots of Krakoa and it says he is risen. So that's where we leave off for issue five. He is up and he gets out. Well, well He's more getting stuff happens. Out. Yeah. Wait, is this? No, this is all. No, this is all in the same book. So that was the end of issue four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what um, Oh, oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So he gets out and there's a handful of awesome things that happen in in this issue, including Mystique and Destiny showing up and Mystique just manhandles Sabretooth. <laughs> and and then and then Destiny's like, no, we should we should let him escape. I choose chaos. I see the things that are coming and we need him out there for chaos purposes which is wild yeah 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 the throne that he's created his sort of like psychic imprint of like how you take over the pit survives him 
even after he leaves, there's this residue of how you kind of like control the pit and and like use this as a seat of power that remains. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Just from a yeah, that's, perspective. It's definitely going to be used later. <laughs> right? Nanny and Orphan Maker and Toad, like we said, uh, show, show up, up in this mm-hmm. book because they have all been thrown in the pit recently. We get another contender for a, a shirt that I have to go make now. Uh-huh. A Sabretooth was right shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Love that for you. Man. We also get a uh, a retcon that nobody will notice or appreciate but me because Mole in an earlier issue was like, yeah, I, I fell in love, you know, fell for this girl, Opal Tanaka, and I had to, you know, I was contending with literally Angel for her affection. Well, Angel and it, Angel and Opal weren't a thing. It was Iceman and Opal. And he says in here, like, I couldn't even tell the difference between one pretty boy and the next. So <laughs> completely <Yeah>. unnecessary. <laughs> Full on but, no prize. Yeah. Full no prize, here. but it's kind of, it's fun. It's fun when they do stuff like that. Sabretooth escapes on a boat. Yep. Uh, that's that's what the, the Marauder, the original Marauder boat. Yeah, that lasted like two issues right uh until they got that the marauders aren't using aren't using it anymore and then the rest of the the folks underneath doug arranges their release as well through a giant like cyst a a cyst of krakoa a krakoa cyst yeah and they get out (laughs) and nanny's like well look who's too good to ride inside a giant cyst (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Sabretooth gets out and then he away. gets caught by Orcus. By fucking Orcus. They um, put a power dampener on him. And for whatever reason, that puts him in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of becomes the reminder of why Krakoa exists, right? This whole book, it has been about like, oh man, there's all, Krakoa is doing all these terrible things. Like, is this compromise all worth it? Like, we're being treated poorly. And then you're like, oh wait, they hate us and they're trying to kill us. Got it. Right. But also, this is kind of like, this isn't exactly like Orcus Orcus. It's kind of a, it says that the Orcus Corporation has entered the private prison business. And so this is kind of like the privatization chapter of the prison abolition comic, right? We we get not just state prisons, but also private prisons now. Yeah. Orcus has a contract with Redacted. And we're like, fuck you and your redacted shit. Like, rocks on. <laughs> it could be anybody. Yeah. The maker. So, yeah, they've got six prisons. They've got one doing chimera protocols. They've got one doing astral plane mining. They've got one as an infernal nursery. And they've got one that's just called recycling. Now, one called the dungeon that's been destroyed by Juggernaut and Deadpool. I think that was an Infinity comic that we didn't read. I'm not sure. But the the astral mining has been lost. There, there's one that's redacted that's been misappropriated. The other three are still ongoing. So cool, 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 cool. Terrifying. And then mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sabretooth says, to me, my exiles. And that's yeah. where we set up for the next series, Sabretooth and Exiles, starting. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so this was called Sabretooth the Adversary. 
And then, so that's done. And now we have Sabretooth and the Exiles, which will show up in our third pre-Dark Web Destiny episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that happens. So much. So many comics. Move along to X-Men. X-Men 15 through 17. 15 through 17. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Super interesting stuff. Including, it's completely out of order, but this is what stands out. One of the things that stands out the most to me. Um, yeah. The confirmation of Charles Xavier having telekinesis. Right. And there's been a little bit of that since, I guess, the 60s. And they've completely ever, ignored yeah. it for good reason. And then, right. now they're he doesn't like, no, need yeah, it. <laughs> he doesn't need it. It's So it showed up once in, the, in one of the earliest issues of X-Men. And yeah. then it hasn't been touched since. And then yeah. it showed up in Hawk's Pox. When yep. he snatched a USB drive out of Mystique's hands from 10 right. feet away. And then it showed up one more time relatively recently. And now it's just flat out in our face. It's like, oh, yeah, he can do this. Openly acknowledged. <laughs> they're floating things. It's it's Forge and Xavier talking. And they're talking about you know plans yet unseen. And Forge is like, by the way. Charles, your telekinesis. And Charles is just like, yeah, it's gotten stronger since resurrection. I know. Yep. <laughs> like, okay, bud. <laughs> okay. Again, retcon type thingy. So dumb. We- so dumb. I, <laughs> I, I whatever. It, it's, it is what it is. But like, he's, ne- he's never going to be an offensive telekinetic. Like, no, he better not be at least. He better not be. That would be ridiculous. Like, uh, it's just, just let telepaths and telekinetics be separate. Thank you. Just that's all I'm saying. Thank you. It, unless uh, unless they go back and make the the mutant Hellion also a telepath. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Completely separate always, please. Just please. Yeah. Ah, poor Emma. We're not completely, but you know, it should be a special thing when you have both. It's like, oh, Gene right. and Cable, like. Okay, you've got both. That's cool. Yeah. It shouldn't be all but of then, them like, always. Yeah. Uh, what's her face? I mean, basic, <laughs> now that they have psychic weapons, basically Quinn Choir and, and Betsy <sighs> yeah. and Quan and yeah. all are telepath and telekinetic. And well, like, <laughs> Betsy was, swapped her telepathy for telekinesis in the revolution <laughs> books that I'm reading in the 2000s. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Come on, for the love yeah. of God. Getting back to the, the actual comic at hand. Yeah. Yeah. X, X-Men yeah. 15, it starts a new sort of arc where we're looking at, we, we learn what this sort of secret project black box deal or plot is between Forge and Professor X. And apparently it is a plan about what to do about the vault because the vault has been just kind of chilling. On Krakoa. Since, <laughs> on Krakoa since the start of the Krakoan age. And, and you know, they had the whole plot with Darwin, Sink, and X-23, Lord Kinney going in, Wolverine. And, you know, then they mostly got out. Darwin was left behind. Sink got out. Laura was presumed killed. And they're, and they're like, cool, that's it for that, I guess. All 500 um, years. Right. And so time moves at an accelerated rate right in there. They're constantly growing, adapting, changing, getting ready to destroy the world. 
And so Project Black Box is basically, we see exactly what would happen if they got out, and then we learn it's all a simulation, and Project Black Box is Forge's sort of like plan to trap them in a simulation. But they still need (laughs) to go back for Darwin, because they don't leave people behind. And so Forge creates a chimera suit, all sinister style, including poor Caliban's face on the front. Dude, poor Caliban. So He's unnecessary. Unnecessary. He's been fucked with more than like any other mutant. Yeah. That's not true. But in in <clears throat> he's such a childlike character, and he just gets absolutely thrashed by power players all the time in really, really sad and exploitative ways. But yeah, so moving along to issue 16, unless you have anything else on 15. No, just I just I was just gonna lament Caliban. Also, I felt so bad for him. It's just disgust. Like so, ba- it's, so it's as his far face as- on the chest of the suit. Yeah, it's so so gross. just and for, he talks. For, he talks. For anyone anyone who watches the vod. So basically, you have this like X vest with Caliban's face just plastered on it, and it makes me feel like Forge got talks. this idea from Moira. Yeah, that <laughs> like, makes sense. Moira wore a Sean Cassidy skin suit to get on to sneak onto Krakoa. And I feel like he was like, oh, what if I just use the skin of Caliban and just put some muscle fibers in his face on my chest so I could have someone to talk to when I jump into the vault? (laughs) It's like, oh my God, dude. Like, it's terrible. Like, you'd you'd think that he could just make like a dragon radar from dragon ball Z for right. Just isolate because Caliban is on there because his powers and uh, make him able to track mutants. And you're like, just, yeah, just make the dragon radar. Just, just have the, the location and don't require a sentient person just hanging out on your chest. That's terrible. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like they do, they do what they can at the end of this to try to like, close that loop but it's not good enough for me <laughs> no absolutely not i'm with you <sighs> anyway so there's a, a, in at the beginning of 16 there's this like background history talk between forge and sinister which conceptually might be one of the scariest ideas i've scariest ever seen. pairings yeah yeah <laughs> putting putting forge who can build anything and sinister yeah. who can science anything <laughs> together in the same room with a with a common goal Shit's just up. no sir no yeah. sir but we find out that forge has this like idealistic future of what kirko will look like which you know what we don't the, find out and it's a bunch of buildings and stuff <laughs> You know, we don't find out is his name. His fucking. Mm-hmm. So, so this book, this book, this book has variant covers in the back. And one of the variant covers is like old school 90s car, uh, trading card. Yeah. Things. And it has, it has all of the X-Men and it has their names. And then it says Forge, Subject Forge, real name, unrevealed, not unrevealed. even unknown. Nope, not he unknown. just has he's he's just Unrevealed. chosen not to tell anybody for How all of these years. Dare. How dare. How dare. How how dare. <laughs> it's mm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I feel like they're waiting us. for some big Cheyenne like 
legendary entity to show up and then they're going to reveal that forge is a descendant <laughs> i don't i don't think there is any again i i know we've been through this we've done this bit to death but like, i know i'm so sorry <laughs> what what it, what i i just had to i just had to pick at the moon like there's no good way like you can't be like i know how i haven't told anybody my name for 40 years but uh it's ted <laughs> Like the, right. there's, well, so that, there's that's nothing why, that's going to, gotta to work be, after this. There's got to be some sort of like, I didn't want people to know my name because of what the name is connected to. Right. Sort of story. And so like, until someone comes up with a respectfully convincing enough way to introduce some like lifelong legacy, legendary Cheyenne warrior or god or something that he can be descendant of a descendant of they're just not going to reveal it i mean rogue we don't we still don't know her birth last name and that could be like some sort of anonymity like doesn't want connect to be connected back to her birth parents something like that Mm -hmm. and that's easier to do because she's just from the south (laughs) right (laughs) forge but air quotes for people listening, by the way. Forage is a deep in government contractor, defense contractor. <laughs> he has been through so many layers of background checks and security clearances. Mm-hmm. And past. <laughs> you could just hack the U.S. government to learn his name. Just hack the though? government. Could you? So, okay. So, see, now we just got X Men Comics has taught Tony. me that all you need to do to hack the entire government is put a blank CD in the right place. As long as just right pop side. it into the old drive there. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so for, Forge, Forge is is kind of a dick. He's he's taking a he's taking the play out of Beast's book. And yeah, a little um, bit. I've never been huge into Forge, and I don't like that he's doing biotech instead of just tech during Krakoa. But it makes sense because Krakoa is tech now because of Warlock. But whatever. It's just he's <laughs> just doing a new low at this point. So the rest of the X-Men are waiting outside of the black box, which was a giant dome over uh, the vault. Alex and his insecurities get in the way and 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 he punches cyclops his visor comes off and it blasts a hole in in the Ridiculous. in the dome which un, which <laughs> which lets one of the children in the vault out uh and so they have to fight him and like the x-men almost struggle with him <laughs> but not enough to to like the level that I guess it's only one child of the vault instead of like the whole team because that's where they Still. really fall apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it takes it takes two thirds of the issue and they put them back under wraps. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like, oh, by the way, this is also what's happening because the real uh, yep. thing is Forge getting to the center of the vault where the the mutant signature is where they're going to go and find Darwin. And then they get to the reveal at the end and it is not Darwin. Mm-hmm. It is old woman, uh, Wolverine. Old woman, Wolverine. Laura. Yeah. Interesting. Years old. The, the, it's because, super interesting. Because. Way so more they, than 500 years old at this point. Yeah. Because she remembers her entire history with Sink. 
and sync remembers their history together but the Laura that they quote unquote resurrected that they you know hatched in an egg after they presumed that, that this Laura was dead doesn't remember any of that mm-hmm yeah. And also uh, the the one other thing in this chapter, they're one of the children of the vault, Serafina, has been tailing Forge this whole time. Yeah. Man. And the, so the issue with the page turn reveal of Laura ends yeah. with ends with a letter of like review from Forge. And there's just like from from the perspective, like if you think about like what Forge does and his mutant ability, and you think of the the vault, and they're pretty well aligned. It's just ones for mutants and ones for anti-mutants. Kind of true, yeah. Of just like discovering new ways to support their cause. <laughs> and there's a sentence in here that uh, the first paragraph is like, we discovered that Laura, in fact, wasn't dead. Uh, she is currently alive and she's trapped in stasis. It says, unfortunately, it's highly likely that the children of the vault found the uppermost tolerance of Darwin's mutant gift. And that conceptually is just haunting. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy to me. Yeah. Because it's, it's just one of those things where like on paper, no one has figured that out yet. Right. Ola and- could not kill Darwin. <laughs> right. It's like, what's his power? He adapts to everything. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. He adapts to everything. He, he he adapts and evolves to survive. He yeah. comes across a laser grid. It burns him. And then he becomes laser proof and walks through. Right. <laughs> uh, World War Hulk happens. Hulk shows up and his body's like, we can't be here. So it teleports him across the planet. <laughs> Hela right. tries to kill him with a touch and he evolves into his own god of death. Like, <laughs> there's no... <laughs> like and and then just that theory from Forge of just like I think they might have if 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 Darwin's not alive because he's not here and we can't find yeah. him he yeah. clearly must they clearly must have run out of uses for Darwin <laughs> that's crazy uh-huh. yes that's crazy yes oh my god okay and then okay. the last issue well he becomes code. And yeah, and so in issue 17, Serafina attacks Forge and then Darwin shows up as like a digital astral projection type yeah. visitation thing. He's like, hey, you found me. <laughs> <laughs> and this was his survival in the vault. And I assume kind of integrated himself into the vault system. So he knows yeah. some shit in there. Right. But he's, he's not like, ready hey, to, to rejoin Krakoa yet. Mm-hmm. So this plot thread more. will continue to fucking dangle. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, they're just like, yeah, we they had him hooked up to all kinds of wires and tubes and stuff. And the and it's like, yeah, when the children of all came for me, they scanned my memories. I gave them a curated version of my life and snuck my conscious mind into their architecture. Bro. Ideas are very hard to kill. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, <laughs> Darwin. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm I I'm I can't leave yet. Yeah. I'll see you later. Bye, Forge. <laughs> okay. And then we get the reunion between old woman Laura and Sink. And that yeah. is very gratifying. Very happy for them. 
Yeah, and she like she 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 was so like <laughs> she. It's only like two cells, but like it's clear that that love was yes, like mutual. Yes, uh, and everything that Sink has Sink, been through, trying yeah. to like you know get over it or whatever. And like, and un- just like, because he understands that this yeah. that that current Laura is not Vault Laura, right? And so he's not forcing that on her, right? And then and then he gets Vault Laura back. He's like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and then very, Ass very Forge very goes and burns his Caliban suit, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes and meets with Caliban, and he's just like, hey, conceptually. If I yeah. asked you to like put your life down to help save mankind, would you? Of course. Uh, okay, thanks. I needed that closure. Cal. Fuck off. I hate you so much. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was so that's the end of that little stint. We co- we also covered yep. X Men eighteen, but that's after everything else that, that we read. Right. Marauders. Marauders seven through ten. <laughs> so. Do you, I'm going to assume I know the answer to this, but do you still really hate this storyline? I'm kind of, kind of. It's, here's the thing. The storyline is, it's just so busy. It yeah. It's not even that I hate what the story is. The story itself is, I guess, fine. It's a little mm-hmm. like slapdash. I don't mm-hmm. like the execution. It, mm, it's mm. like it's doing so much that it's trying to like tell you what happened and it doesn't really like hit all the story the the beats of the story very well and so it doesn't it do, it feels like I'm being I'm, like I'm barely even reading it like I'm just kind of like being shown a bunch of things and be like hey we've got 2099 now hey you guys <laughs> you guys remember Stringfellow? no well I did <laughs> uh yeah yeah. I only know who Stringfellow is because of a Sporkle quiz of like everyone who's ever been nominally called an X-Man. Wow. And he was like on a, he was like deputized into being an honorary X-Man during like, I don't know, Riot on Xavier's or something Mm. in in the Morrison run. Yeah. So that's, yeah, got me. Kate Pride is back with the team because I don't know. I didn't I didn't catch when she caught back up with them. Because remember she died so that she yeah, could be so she back could be on Krakoa for for, for AXE. AXE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and she yeah. 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 They've got they, they built a gate to 2099 reality. And apparently Cerebra, uh, who's a character from 2099 plus an egg is a full resurrection, just right there without the fuck the five fuck needing a circuit of multiple omega level mutants it's multiple omega level mutants and egg <laughs> and egg and tempest yeah yeah they were just like oh this is a wonderful we don't need a whole circuit hey hickman slap in the face <laughs> <laughs> F you're outside the box thinking there's someone in 2099 that can just do all this for us. Yeah. Ugh. Everything runs on boost fruits, which just kind of started appearing only in this title at the start of the title. Right. Char- I did love MGH basically. Yeah. Right. 
I did love that there's a, a throwaway line where the Cerebra from 2099 is like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't really belong here. And like, this is, you know, not my my future and seems like a divergent timeline and blah, 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 blah. And Bishop's like, yeah, uh, you should join the alt future meetup with me and Cable and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, X-Men love their random futures and just having she- one person from that <laughs> reality to hang out in, in perpetuity. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like I feel like X-Men are the only like time travel friendly. It, it's because the titles. future itself is their enemy because they're a right. utopian story. And so the their biggest, you know, all the all the ways in which the their dream could go wrong become ample fertile story fodder etc and then they just develop a fan favorite character in each one of those and they're like bring them back (laughs) keep it (laughs) keep it (laughs) (laughs) they resurrect the thresholders the mutants from billions of years ago because why not well Um, yeah so only one mutant which happens to be three right yeah (laughs) because they create a gestalt body a mass, the third of the three, has, you know, powers to do that. And the other ones are Crave, who can consume anything to survive. It's and just, interesting. There's just a montage of Crave on Krakoa, like, eating plates and, and things. And then there's Thea, who has kind of the, local like, gravity. Leader. Oh, yeah. And gravity manipulation. And gravity powers that are strong enough to pierce time. Right. They do not need more timey wimeys in this book. Oh, there's enough the timey like, wimey. Is, is that true? It's like it makes. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. You got <laughs> right. Like, I, I've seen gravity. Interstellar. Yeah, I yeah, guess there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it made me pause because so I was like, if so, <laughs> it's like saying that someone has so much super strength that they can go forward in time, and it's like, okay. <laughs> 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 I mean. Flex Mentalo from Doom Patrol would uh would would be would be into that one. I'm gonna read uh, that Doom Patrol at some point when I when it's time for a break from X-Men. And I'm very excited. Cool. Maybe I'll read it alongside when we're reading the other the Grant because they're both Grant Morrison. Read it alongside when we're reading mm. new X-Men. That'd be fun. Yeah, just do a side by side. Tempo and Thea have a, a very strong flirtation, which over the course of this plot arc becomes a full-on thing. I have a question for you. Did okay. this book ever bother explaining why the thresholders just happened to be on Avalon during the fall? Like, did we ever figure out why the fuck we went to <laughs> no. Avalon during the fall? They're like, oh, the thresholders are here. Why the fuck? <laughs> Right? This the hard drive that contains the thresholders from two billion years ago this just happens to be about. on Avalon as watched over by Nemesis. We didn't even get any Rusty Collins while we were on Avalon during the fall. It's just absolute shame. Anyway. Such a missed opportunity. Anyway, my um, only honestly, my only yeah. takeaway from this four-issue run of backstory like back underscore story is that there are three characters that have been told in comics re- like in the last 40 years that were intru- that are like from this 
thresholding time. Yeah. Because and that's it, it turns out <laughs> it turns out that the the what actually destroyed threshold was an anaerobic war against the non the non-oxygenated society from before oxygen was introduced to the planet in a breathable form. And then they created <laughs> bacterial bioweapons to fight off the anaerobic society. And that's where John Sublime and Archaea came from. So, this comic, so- I have this, I have this exact sentence in my notes. This comic is cracked. <laughs> when they, as soon as they introduced the like the water tribe, I, that's when I that's when I sent the message of the Marauders has officially pun intended gone off the deep end. That's <laughs> when that's where I wrote in my notes. This comic is cracked. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so oh ridiculous. God, and I'm dude. completely kind of here for it. Yeah, oh I mean, gosh. you might as well be. It's cool <laughs> that they came up with an origin story for Sublime and Archaea, I suppose. Right. And that, that's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> they must have looked at these random characters and are like, I bet I could do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to, but let's yeah. do it. <laughs> also, we've had like a couple random panels of like people in the Brimstone Love plot that they're just like teasing, like giving a random page here and there to say, oh, this is still going on. How the fuck are we supposed to care about this horn-headed culty weirdo when you've got <laughs> literally billions of years old, like, you know, creation ending, like, gosh, threats going on? It gets weirder, by the way, because in the next <laughs> issue, one, okay, so the puzzle box is the seed of something, something, something. We learn where that Kate's puzzle box we don't really know mm-hmm. where it came from, but we know it's the seed of, like, the threshold civilization. Uh, yeah, right. And so they can conceptually bring threshold back, but not the thresholders yeah. themselves. And then they, they've been talking about this character, Commander Nightfast. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's Wait, strife. is Commander Nightfast the... Um, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, on the on the reveal. Why? 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 Just okay. No, I think the why is good. Let's just throw more shit that Steve hates into this comic. Oh, because fuck you specifically, Steve. That's why. Yeah, like at what point? It. You know, it's fine. It's fine. The most hilarious thing about this Strife reveal is that they just fucking... He's just two billion years in the past for no good goddamn reason. He's just there. And he's like, aha, I have a weapon that can destroy all of life on Earth before it ever gets started. They resolve the thing with Sublime and Archaea, and then they just leave him there. They're just like, you can destroy all life, future life on the planet? Cool, peace. See, because most comics, when they do the end issue reveal of a strife or whatever, is the the next comic 
is five pages of backstory of how the that reveal no, ended up happening. Nothing. <laughs> we don't know how he got there. We don't know why he's there. We don't know what they're what they're doing, what he's doing after they're just like, yeah, we don't give a shit about you, Strife. Oh my god. It's all so unnecessary. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna throw in real quick that a mass. Yeah amassed the marauders and they all apparently like they (laughs) they did what they could to make all of their powers work in unison in a way that doesn't entirely make sense it's fine (laughs) it was just like we'll each guide you through our gifts amass call it out people copy bishop this is tempo Chronokinetics are go. This is pride. Intangibility is go. I feel like Voltron right now. Um, it's some it, serious <laughs> fucking Voltron, but it is Thea. Gravity shield is go. This is Fang. Healing is go. I can heal. Bishop <laughs> compound energy field is go. This is Psylocke. Psychic backup is go. This is Aurora. Light speed is go. Miss Nova is here with a threshold language uphold in hand. It's Somnus prepping hypersleep. <laughs> Just like cool. I'll form. All form legs and feet. <laughs> and oh, ma- wait, none of us have a body. And all form the head. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, God. oh, I love it. But like, I hate it, but I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. I, right. It's exactly, I don't know that's how exactly right. <laughs> but, like, I had so much fun reading the audacity of yeah. this book. Yeah, this book has <laughs> so many ideas that it can't keep up with itself. <laughs> and not all of them are good and it doesn't know how to differentiate the good ideas from the bad ideas so it just throws all of them at you yeah yeah so the last so we had said I t- I wasn't even thinking about Strife when I said reveals three characters because basically the last one was the leader I guess of the quote unquote good guys that we teamed up with yeah. from the thresholders was this person Grove and yeah. they heal. Anytime they heal, they grow back wood, <laughs> like plant root, matter. Yeah. Instead of like their like physical body. And yeah. they got rocked so hard in the climactic battle that their almost entire body is made out of wood. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the way this yep. the, the, the way their head is starting you, to look is looking yep. is looking kind of familiar here. <laughs> and they're the, like, and- Grove, <laughs> Grove, I'm gonna miss you. And and the and their last the last quote from the thresholders time from 2 billion years ago is not grove my friend not anymore with new growth comes a new name call me okara and you're just like oh god <laughs> so okara is the original form of krakoa before it and arako split off because yay anagrams are fun and oh my gosh yep so now we know where Krakoa slash Okara slash Krakoa is a was a thresholder. Yeah, from two billion years ago. Even though we never were, you know, never learned how mutants evolved before humans. It's fine. No, (laughs) their entire society and everything died thanks to Archaean Sublime and Strife, I guess. To the point where only bacteria survived, 
and then and then the natural progression of human history. <laughs> Stomach is cracked. So ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so uh, that's where yeah. the power comes from. Oh, and it ends yep. with the rebirth of the three. Right. Of of the, the three thresholders and mass crave Thea. And so Thea and Tempo get to resume their romance. The one other note in here, uh, Cassandra Nova just like destroys most of the bacteria colonies, Sublime and Archaea. And they're like, cool, you did that. That's all we needed you for. Shoot you in the back. This was our secret plan the entire time was oh to gosh. shoot you in the back. And they're like, Emma yeah. says hi. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And then they just leave Strife two billion years in the past with a planetary death weapon and they all return to Krakoa very happy yep Marauders <laughs> Marauders <laughs> the absolute <laughs> fuck is this book man <laughs> it, was, it, it, it didn't stop it didn't stop oh no, no I read you gotta give it that. issues so fast <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. As soon as it revealed Strife, that's when I was like, Marauders went off that deep end. Because <laughs> holy... Why? Why? <laughs> I would have, like... I, it would have been more believable if we found out that Genesis and Apocalypse were thresholders. <laughs> like, they were born thresholders yeah. and then pulled to Galactus and are the only surviving... <laughs> Power nah, dude. consumers. Nah, dude. <laughs> oh my lord. Anyway, uh, Marauders. All right. So, New Mutants. Um, <laughs> New Mutants. We've got five issues of New Mutants. Yep. Uh, what's your like initial kind of thoughts and feelings? Um, let's do 29 separate. Sure. Because it's very I much. I guess 29 and, 29 and 30 are separate, and then 31 through 33 are. A single arc. Right, 29 yeah. is just a nice character study. Um, Aki and, and James. Uh, yeah. Akihiro Bucky. and James. That's uh, Doc Hen and Warpath. Go on a mission to try and find Gabby. Who seems like went to an Orcus base. And did go to an Orcus base. And just kind of like all of them gaining trust with each other. Going through sort of like their feelings of responsibility towards Gabby and Gabby kind of figuring her shit out and, you know, having kind of right and ending up writing a letter to Akihiro being like, Hey, I'm not a little kid. I am a trained assassin, but I appreciate, (laughs) you know, I appreciate your, you being protective of me, but also can we just like be chill and be siblings too? My big brother again. Yeah. 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 Anything I else love, on that? No. I, I I really, really like where they took Laura, Gabby, and Akihiro. Me too. And made them Snick this, like... family. Yeah, the Snick family. And, like, it's an, it's an easy in because, like, animal instincts and they just make a pack mentality and stuff. But the fact right. that they've made it, like, this sibling, like, brotherhood, just totally. tight-knit... Is, ah, it's so and especially fun. because so much about Wolverine is about loneliness and like the impossibility mm. of having like a meaningful relationship when the world and all of your publishers are trying to torture you. And so it's really cool that the the kids are are bonding together like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's it's almost like it's kind of 
reflecting of Wolverine's like dream. Like to your yes. point, but, but yeah. like and the whole and thing his with history schism. of being a mentor, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting with with Kitty Pride and then Jubilee and Armor, like he's got this this recurring role as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And like and just it it's it's one of the end results of him being like kids need like mutant kids need to be kids. Yeah, they don't need to be soldiers. Yeah, like and it's just it's it's so fun to see and and totally. it's, it happened so from our perspective it happened so organically. Yeah, that it Absolutely. just worked, and I'm so yep. glad that multiple published multiple writers have run with it. Yes, and like it's what as soon as like as soon as three different writers do something that thematically. It's gonna stick. <laughs> totally, it's official at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like I've picked up, and this comes in more in the next issue. But like Vita Ayala, Leah Williams, and Teeny Howard seem to be just like absolutely tight with one another, and mm, they're mm-hmm. like really stoked on picking up ideas from each other's books, and that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, uh, so yeah, twenty nine was great. Yeah. 30 was a compilation issue. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the last issue that Vitayala is on the book and they don't even write the whole issue. It's it's kind of like, you know, a bunch of small stories built around the frame story of Bobby DaCosta, Sun, Sunspot, organizing a space yacht party for the year anniversary of the New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, and it's, it's in real life they've a, been published for forty years, but yeah, yeah, it's an anthology issue. Yeah, that's fun. Like yeah, it. we've got a uh, Danny and Berto in the early days of their training, and and you know how Danny learned to trust Berto as a good dude. Shan and Anya. Uh, so oh, so this is some fucking uh, trivia from my reading recently. <laughs> When the new or when X Force, the new mutant characters at at uh, as X Force went to the Burning Man type festival, Colossal Man, oh. and ran mm-hmm. into Shan Car- Karma there, and she had recently cut her hair and dyed it pink as basically her symbol of coming out. They they didn't mm-hmm. explicitly say that because they even though North Star was out by by then it was kind of still not still somewhat taboo and so they just gave her you know a purple buzz cut and let the readers figure it out but that was like the beginning of her being explicitly queer coded in the comics and so they kind of go with the backstory on that and she hooks up with a woman for the first time and it's a cool sort of like story for her we see doug's wife bay out of uniform for the first time (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a there's a cute story between Warlock and Wolfsbane and celebrating yeah. what they think is Doug's birthday, Doug Day. Yeah, uh, and then we get this heartbreaking letter from Vita Ayala, their goodbye from the comic. Uh-huh. And then a backstory here of Deadpool as a babysitter for the Lost Club, Young Lost Kids, Club. New Mutants. Dude, Cos- just like- Dude Cosmarch is she's she's powerful. <laughs> Yeah, just like a local reality warper. Uh huh. 
It's just, it's just and, like, just that first page of just like Rain Boy throwing water at her and she just turns it all into sparkles and stars. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I just you're love crazy. this. Deadpool organizes these kids into a fight club and then is like, I'm such a good babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yep. Anything else on, on number 30 on the comp issue? No, it just, it just, it, it ended with, Deadpool getting spanked by the adult new mutants and him being like, yes. it's fine. I have some, I have a better option. And he holds up a, a letter with a red seals, a red wax steel seal that probably should be recognizable. And no, I don't no, know it's not. It it's, it, it's not. It basically a reference to his solo title coming up. And, and the so first says, sort of yeah, story to be continues in Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. He's being invited to a, uh, to audition for a mercenary group called the Atelier. Right. Which is the final page. It's like a burnt up letter. Yep. And it's like, yeah, uh, here, come have an interview. Yep. Okay. Okay. 31 issues, 31 through 31 through 33 is the letter. Yep. We've um, got a new creative team, including writer Charlie Jane Anders, who is a trans woman. And we have a new main character for the book escapade who is also a trans woman and her best friend morgan red who she destiny gave her a premonition that morgan is going to die because of escapade's use of her own powers which are pretty cool right they're like, interesting and they they immediately get into the conceptual yes application of it which is fast <laughs> so, <laughs> it, so it what are the powers fast. So her powers, so Escobate's powers are to trade situations with people. Yeah. So whether the situation is physical uh, trading, trading places, but then it's also trading like their skill sets and, and other kind of like she made an hmm? kind of like the, how they're, how they're feeling or, or like, they, they're what am I trying to say? Like it, it kind of puts them in the situation or like the mindset that they would be in to be right. where they are. Like she switches places. She's in prison. She switches places with a guard and the guard is like, fuck, I hate being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I can't believe that I deserved this, you know, without yeah, really like, so as long as they don't question too hard, like, wait, why am I in prison? Then they'll just be like, yeah, I'm in prison. This is what, this is my situation. Right. And so like, there's, there's, there's kind of like, just like a, 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 a one page montage of different applications of her powers. And one is like her being a bartender for, for blob. And then there's another one where she switches situations with Jamie Madrox and can make just an army of herself. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I guess that situation is their mutant power. <laughs> right. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's um interesting. It's interesting because I don't because we have to be able to track where she is because she says that when she trades situations with people, people perceive her as the person she switched with. Right, right. But they don't 
artistically show it. It's just, it just shows escapade. And so it always throws right. me off when she's just walking by bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. like, hey guys. And they're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Did you see the game last night? It's, right. it's like, oh, right, right, right. Like, I guess for me, I would have at least appreciated like the <laughs> uniform swap. <laughs> right. Or something, but it's it's not a big deal. It's just a personal nitpick. I also really like this in terms of powers for a young mutant when they have to learn like how to use them. I think mm-hmm. that this is a, a a power set with enough applications that uh, I'm looking forward to even beyond the story arc more escapade because I feel like there are a lot of novel ways to use this that can be explored through the through the character learning like control their powers learning how to mm-hmm, use them etc mm-hmm. which is like perfect for an x-man story or a new mutant story right. specifically yep mm-hmm. so the main antagonist plot here mm-hmm. what is this organization i well this is sublime at the head of it and it's the you it's right. the human yeah the human yeah the human because they have a history with Cerebella slash previously no girl. Right. They were the ones who chopped her up in surgery, cut out her brain, and put her on a little floaty platform thing. Because they harvest mutant organs to give themselves powers. And I think the writer, Anders, here she she really nails the sort of like entitled asshole troll talk of mm. of people who, you know who would be able to justify doing terrible shit like this. Yeah. Just like the, the sort of double speak and, and backward logic mm-hmm. anyway. And there's, there's like a, a conversation in here that I also really liked about like, why is the, the conversation about mutants always like in terms of su- superiority? Why can't I just be a person who can do a cool thing? Yeah. And so, yeah. So escapade morgan and and like a few new mutants mentors like wolfsbane uh all get captured and it's basically it's up to escapade to like switch situations with people in order to find their way out and it turns out escapade can do double swaps too uh and these are all time bound so they they wear off after a certain point but she can swap with somebody and then swap with somebody else. And it gets all like hectic and crazy, which is also a really cool way to sort of set up a plot. And so we, there, there are two other cool things in, in this uh, story. We get a memo from Martha Johansson, AKA Sarah Bella, AKA no girl uh, who recently was resurrected after being a floating brain, disembodied brain was recently resurrected with a body and she says, like, I'm relearning how to use a body. There's like a reverse phantom limb going on where it kind mm. of feels like uh, raw and uncomfortable to be like using a body again. And I have to get the hang of it and and kind of like really dial in the fact that this is me. I thought that was a really interesting application. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't. Yeah. You, th- that's <laughs> tough. Right. Because like. They're they're going inevitably. There are going to be some situations that human writers have to figure out. They don't. They're not going to have a frame of reference for. <laughs> right, and so, but I I have to say of of anybody who 
would be in a good spot to write something about this. It's probably, you know, I don't, I don't know Charlie Jane Anders personally, but I, you know, a trans woman who may have suffered like a significant amount of body dysmorphia, like, yeah, yeah, that, that I, I can see this putting you on the path where you can start to understand that this is a thing that your character would feel and explore it from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there's like there's this underlying tone of just of wanting what others have and not feeling comfortable in your body. Yes. <laughs> Hence Fucking, using the human and you, having right. Cerebella and Escapade being like yeah. the main characters of the story. Yeah, it's fucking perfect. And then there's also a series of flashbacks between Escapade and Morgan Red as kids when they were, uh, you know, getting through being bullied and having a tough time growing up and, and being like, we're going to be super villains when we grow up. <laughs> and that was very cute. And so, yeah, in 33, we finally get to the situation, like the exact scene and spot where Destiny's sort of vision happened where Morgan would supposedly die because of Escapade's use of her powers and it's, you know, there's like a very specific rooftop with like an industrial sort of thing going on. Then it kind of like, you know, they figure it out, basically, and everybody's mm-hmm. okay. We get a great note in here about what Storm specifically means to Martha Johansson, aka mm-hmm. No Girl, aka Sarabella. And just more on the like, Storm is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I just, <laughs> I will rage from the rooftops the day that someone does wrong by a storm, like in terms of writing storm. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh, I feel like it's worth kind of throwing out there that Morgan's a mutant yes. and yes. can only turn things into chocolate. Like, that's a yeah, very Morgan's mutant power. <laughs> power. <laughs> chocolate transmutation. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because uh, they do that with whatever the MacGuffin is that Sublime has. Yeah, the uh, kick turns uh, into chocolate. The kick mousse. drug that, yeah, the drug kick, which was the precursor to burst, boost fruits. By the way, that ups your mutant powers, but also infects you with the Sublime bacteria, and then it all comes back to Emma and Destiny at the end. Mm-hmm. Ah, geez, X Men Annual Number One. X-Men annual number one. It's a character story so, on Firestar. <laughs> yeah. And and specifically, Cyclops pulls her aside. Uh, like they're they're going through the potential missions for the day, and and Firestar is like, oh, we should do this one that they'd kind of poo-pooed. And Cyclops mm-hmm. is like, Yeah, I'll be your number two on that. Cause he this is the first time since she's joined the group that she's taken like a particular interest in a mission and he wants to see what it how she acts when she takes initiative Mm -hmm. and they sort of bond over this shared idea of their powers being a liability him because he can't take his glasses off or he destroys everything (laughs) and she because her radiation powers literally gave her cancer but yeah so for those who don't know so angelica firestar she's been in different kinds of media on different teams but like 
if you ever watched Spider-Man and his amazing friends from the like late sixties, <laughs> it was Spider-Man, Iceman and Firestar. And they were like roommates and hanging out famously, <laughs> not famously, but, uh, that reality's Spider and Firestar and Iceman got killed in 2014 Spider-Verse event. Oh, um, oh shit. It's <laughs> dark. Yeah. And then she's been an Avenger and a new warrior. She was with Justice yep. Vance Astro. So I always thought her powers are fire-based, but they're like radiation-based manifested as fire. <laughs> right. And it's a little different. She, yeah. And so she and she worked with Hank Pym to create a suit that would help manage the radiation part of her power so she could go and be a superhero. And so she has to keep the suit on else radiation, cancer, death. Speaking of suits, however, she has a uh, a redesign slash suit fitting in this with Jumbo Carnation. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> <laughs> Jumbo Carnation is very upset with how small Angelica is thinking to the point where Jumbo Carnation Jumbo says out loud, Jumbo Carnation sighs wearily. Firestar's like, did you have to narrate that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, so it's like, what do you want to do for your for your new suit? She's like, I don't know. I I I, I never thought about it because it was it was function over fashion since day one and jumbo's like you didn't you didn't want to like work the radiation part of your powers out in resurrection and she's like well i haven't died (laughs) and jumbo's (laughs) just like ah so it's a matter of when not if (laughs) like oh man (laughs) right come on um and then so this issue is actually called survive the experience because that's like the like tagline for whenever they in, induct a new member to the X-Men. There it's this always is a Claremontism. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's always welcome it's, to the X-Men. Hope you survive the experience. <laughs> it's such a deep Claremontism that it's become an entirely an X-Men thing. Yeah. Oh, as far as a reference to Spider-Man is amazing friends for the team meeting, <laughs> Iceman and Firestar are late. And Havoc is like, why are they dragging their feet? And Forge just says, maybe Spider-Man called. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of the crises that they have to go and deal with is by Beast. And Iceman is like, by Beast? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's all over it with all the jokes. He's like, I'm not going to get in the way of by Beast living his truth. <laughs> oh, man. Good time. Incredible. Times. I learned that whirlwind is a mutant. See, I feel, and I even wrote this in my notes. I feel like I've learned this and forgotten this like a hundred times. <laughs> like right. we've had this conversation <laughs> before. No, it's like, oh, whirlwind's a mutant. Oh, we're, oh. And right. then just like, like, like completely Blizzard out of is my brain. Inhuman. Right. Blizzard right. became an inhuman during inhumanity became his, his, he got his inhuman powers in inhumanity and he legit hasn't been on paper like maybe more than once or twice since then. <laughs> yeah. And both those times he was not using his inhuman power of, of technokinesis. So, cause that's not his identity. So he's, he's blizzard. Right. <laughs> he does <Right>. ice stuff. <laughs> cool. But anyway, whirlwind's a mutant on you, and that's the source of his whirlwindy powers. Right. Who'd have thunk? 
Uh, yeah. I always thought yeah. it was that weird looking fucking thing on his head. I didn't know. It's because he thing. used to be called the human top. And so that's like a top <laughs> yeah, spin right. thing. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> human top is even dumber than whirlwind. So <laughs> oh, it's like geez. it's up it's up there with stilt man is just like, what the <laughs> hell were you smoking, Stanley? Yeah, yeah uh, the it's, Savage it's Land a- mutates attack Grand Army Plaza right down the street from me. So that's cool. Like one subway <laughs> stop away. And uh, there's zombie X-Babies. And uh, yeah. yeah. Mojo's like, I don't I don't know. The polls know said to do it. It was, <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Mojo and his X-Babies. Fucking Mojo. Anything else on this one? The 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 end and sort of like moral of, of the issue ends to ends up being like prove it to yourself. Like Angelica, prove it to yourself that you belong here and that you can mm-hmm. be the hero, like not just like that you belong among the mutants, etc. Yeah. Yeah, because the criticism she's been given socially within universe is you've spent all your time being a new warrior and an adventure you've never shown up for the mutant fight why why right why did you become an x-man right yeah why did why did you suddenly become like the most coveted thing like on the (laughs) the biggest team why why are you the public face of kirkko right when when you've never been one of us yeah and so she's Uh, she's proving it to herself Uh yep hence why we teamed her up against one someone she has history with but two another mutant yep to be right. mutant, mutant, and yada yada yada, and she saved the day. Exterminators, <laughs> exterminators, one through three. Will I have, a, I have before we get started? Uh, are you familiar with the 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 word praxis? Have you ever come across this word before? Do you know? I'm going to say yes, but I have zero frame of reference. Okay. Well, how would you define it? I wouldn't. Okay. How how I would go to Google. And type in praxis and tell you what comes yes. up. Yes. Yes. So it's it's basically the fusion of like theory and action. It, it's kind of like how and I'm mostly familiar with this in like a very Marxist sort of term. It's, it's something that shows up a lot in like politics and theory and stuff like that but basically like how you put theory into action how you fuse sort of like a philosophy or or grand ideas with the things that you do in your Mm day-to-day life i say this because the very first panel of the entire book is dazzler wearing booty shorts that say the word praxis on her butt and (laughs) There cannot be a better summation of what this entire book is than that. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. I love, 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 love this. I this book was incredible. I did not know what was happening. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a book, man. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm I didn't not like it, but I, I don't know if I liked it. Like, it's very in the middle for me. I laughed out loud more for this book than <laughs> m- 
maybe nearly any other comic I've ever. <laughs> you know what? I think I would have, I would have, if it didn't have these like mature audiences only warning labels in front of oh, each yeah. issue. They kind of have to it, do that, but yeah. Do you? I mean, yeah. It. I. I. This is five to ten percent more. Like, this is definitely more in your face. It's. It's. Most X Men books are like. There's PG. a little bit of cheeky fan service. Yeah. This is. Um, this is like, edging towards R rated. <laughs> there, it is filthy in so many ways. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess in in comparison to other X titles, yeah. Um, I mean they they've they've started swearing a lot in you know X titles in general, but like mm-hmm. that's the baseline for this. That's like every dialogue balloon. No, this book is all about a good time. So I'm I'm just gonna like the 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 overall. I, I'm shocked that this was broken into two. I I read the whole one through five just mm, to do it because mm. I couldn't stop myself. There's uh-huh. nothing really that happens in the middle. That's like, you know, breaking apart the, the story in any way. Mm. The, the, the general idea is Dazzler has a, has a tough breakup, decides to go drinking with Jubilee and boom, boom, which what a perfect pairing. First off the three of them, just like the most <laughs> like, You've got 70s, 80s, and 90s right there as just your most outrageous, <laughs> uh, like, sort of like kind of ditzy Valley girl, but or but more than that, just like just over the top, like ridiculous women. Right. The, it was, it's it, the it's the personification of the white girl of each decade. Even though Julie isn't white. I know. <laughs> but her yeah. her the, the her Energy. like attitude. Yeah, the, the party girl, the party girl of each generation. Yeah, it, the 90, it's the nineties yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, it's also like this is basically what it is: is it's bridesmaids as an X Men comic, or like <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good comparison. It's like it's like very sort of like vulgar humor and just women doing outrageous things and having a good time and and being cool about it. And yeah, so the breakup, they go drinking, they get captured by vampires. They get taken to this weird sort of like chamber with a bunch of tests and weird things. I thought Arcade was going to show up. Yeah. Right. A legit arcade uh, is going to show up. <laughs> there's a fuckload of vampires, and they have to try. And they run into X uh, Wolverine, Laura Kinney, while they're out there, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to like figure shit out and make their way back. That's basically right. It, yeah, it's a that, it's, and that's it's that's a not kidnapping that's, romp. <laughs> that's that's all three. That's all three. That's the that's the plot summary of all three issues that we read for this po- podcast. Yeah. Right there, right? Like, there's yeah. no plot. That's fine. <laughs> it's really not. I don't need <laughs> but it's plot fun. here. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. You know, like, like sometimes it, you just need a random. Hey, this adventure kind of happened, and this adventure yeah. could happen, kind of a thing. Totally, and and again. It's 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 a comedy. It's bridesmaids. It's you know 
just kind of like fucking around and hanging out you know after the breakup dazzler calls jubilee and is like jubilee what are you doing right now <laughs> jubilee screaming at the phone she's like my best allison okay my fucking <laughs> best she's like spilled shit all over herself and she's just in her underwear like boom booms <laughs> painting her toenails and downing a six-pack of beer like this is she shows up to the bar and they're like what the fuck are you wearing like you're like sex addict barbie and she's like thanks like you're the end of a bimbification spectrum she's like "Ooh, thank you i like that <laughs> mm. like, and and each each issue has a title the first one says like this book is gleefully transgressive the second one is this book is gleefully stupid the third is this book is looking respectfully in googly eyes emoji and then i'm just gonna go the fourth is this book is your favorite book now isn't it and the fifth is this book is ending sad face and oh <laughs> all of those 100 percent true gleefully transgressive gleefully stupid you know they like Tabby wakes up on like a raft on top of a sewer and she's like, Jubilee, did you eat dairy again? <laughs> yeah, right. Today we find out that Jubilee is lactose intolerant. <laughs> this shit is just so funny. In the middle of it, all of a sudden we get a flash forward because this is all kind of told out of time. And the 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 three of the four of them, sorry, are kind of like pleading their case in front of the quiet council. Jubilee's wearing a Sailor Moon outfit, Dazzler's wearing a cheerleader outfit. Laura's wearing a, a witch outfit and boom booms in sort of like an Alice in Wonderland thing. Right. Yeah. Like a baby doll thing going on. <laughs> They're like, how do we find boom boom? Well, she smells like rotten eggs and bubble gum. Like, oh God. So, so yeah, we learn out that we learn that Dazzler's ex, Alex, is a vampire. He's the son of Zerus, who is the son of Dracula and they are deserters to the vampire nation. We get a, a long digression into a discussion about Dazzler's butt, including like a full page of Dazzler's butt is so fat jokes. <laughs> Except they use the peach emoji every time. Like Dazzler's ass so fat, ego the ego the living planet orbited it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. They they say <laughs> the, the joke about a uh, boom boom being full of important juices is fucking wrong, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have boom boom turning a striptease into explosive boob cannon, and uh, that's yeah, that what funny. she said. Joke. And we have a reveal at the end of issue three that the collector is involved somehow. <laughs> it, I, it's fucking great, man. What else? What else do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, they uh, they all they one shot all these like special looking uh, vampires, <laughs> unique yeah. vampires, I should say. Oh man, yeah, that was that was it's. Such Again, random... it's all praxis. It's all praxis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times, Fucking good love. Times. And by the way, this was written by Leah Williams, who did the X Factor run that I was so obsessed with. It's great. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. Um, Anything else on X Terminators? I just absolutely lost my shit there for a minute. 
<laughs> no, uh, there's there's people from other world that who are trapped here also. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're just there. <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, somehow, some way, the vampires are, or at least Zerus is in cahoots with the collector for an, some odd reason because the collector wanted right. wants like one of each kind of mutant power <laughs> for his collection. Sure. Um, and Sarah's ended yeah, up right. with two explosive people, <laughs> two explosive mutants. Three, kind of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I would count Dazzler as explosive. She was the one that they were after in the first place. Right. Boom, boom, um, boom. And, and Jubilee just kind of tagged along. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, I get now? Now I want to know exactly because he, he like the way he described her power was very specific. Bombastic. Yeah. One bombastic mutant and one regenerative mutant. <laughs> yeah. Go toss the redundancies out the airlock. They're like, okay. Whatever. There's the plot does not matter at all. Well, so I guess because one of the things that stands out to me is how often vampires are being used and. It makes me wonder what, like, is there something bigger building with the vampire nation? One there, but then also like, are they going to make vampires a bigger deal in the MCU? Hmm. To like, if you've got Mahershala Ali as Blade, then right, yeah, maybe, yeah, right. So it's like, is was Blade going to be just like a one-off? Hey, look, vampires are a thing type story or is it going to be showing this the new like existential threat in case the scrolls don't don't work with secret invasion because <laughs> they did it on disney i haven't House started in hollywood yeah i haven't started watching secret invasion yet four of the six episodes are out every i will say the only thing i'm going to say is that every episode has like a lore drop that is at least interesting like something oh, cool. that's like, oh, we can have a conversation about this kind of thing. Okay, sick. Yeah, because like X Men eighteen. Oh, sorry. <sighs> sorry. So vampires, like, are a whole plot point in Jason Aaron's Avengers. Right. They were this whole like figure out how to be in the sun plot point for Wolverine. Now they're partnering with the Collector in Exterminators, which I get that Exterminators is like kind of a throwaway fun story but yeah the, it is still within the same area <laughs> it's it, it's in the same universe as sure. everything else and then you have the Sevilith vampires are on becoming bigger players in knights of x and um mm-hmm. and whatever the first one uh, uh um excalibur uh excalibur um, and then and so like, maybe also captain britain uh betsy Braddock, captain britain which is right. the, the third the one after that sequel yeah. title. Yeah. And, and it's just like vampires are not going anywhere. Like for the longest yeah. time, like the last time we really saw vampires was curse of the vampire, curse of the mutants. I mean, and that was like right. ten, over 10 years ago. Well, last time that they were yeah interacting with the X-Men, but even like they didn't really show really? up in, in six one six. Interesting. Yeah, it was like huh. the end of Curse of the Curse of the Mutants. Dracula was back, and then they just didn't really use him. <laughs> and they just didn't. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, vampires have been relatively MIA until about three years ago. 
Interesting. And now they're just fucking everywhere. <laughs> anyway, it just it just stands out to me. Also, they're the main plot point of Midnight Suns, the video game that came out last year. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Sure, but it's just. I like, mean, especially in more. a video game, because it's like you need mooks. You need a <laughs> yeah. lot of of just like anonymous mm-hmm. things to blow up. See, that's kind of what I felt like their their main purpose was in uh, Exterminators. It was just like mm-hmm. we want a fun book where you just blow the hell out of a lot of things and don't worry about you know. Right. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You, like you, you need, can choose you need Nazis a, a or you can choose vampires. Minion. Yeah. Yeah. You could go hands. You could go Hydra. You can go, you right. can go vampires. You can go robots from like right. any of the tech based anti mutant agencies yes. out there. There's, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a roll of the dice. And realistically, they could have <laughs> actually done a roll of the dice for this <laughs> for, for the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's just like it's just one of those things that just like since they did go vampires it's another antagonist vampire plot that's shown up recently it just stands out to me anyway last issue X-Men number 18 last issue X-Men 18 the title of this is Wounded Wolves so the X-Men team meets up with the exterminators who we were just reading and they're out Mm beating the hell out of some vampires and the Loras have business together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, so I'm going to just, I'm calling old woman, Laura, vault yeah. Laura. Cause it's, it's okay. easier. Yeah. Yeah. So vault Laura and then Laura are just like, yeah. So time travel ish. It's a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but they, they take the path that you don't usually see with these kinds of things and things and they're both of them are just like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> Stay. Yeah. <laughs> Young Laura is like, I'm keeping the name vault. Laura is like, that's fine. Stay out of my way. I got my own business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're just like, cool. Okay. Man. It's so funny because Laura Kinney is like, the few few words, a woman of few words, stubborn assassin killer, but like they make her so likable, right? It's amazing. <laughs> Even though she's just like she says her sentences are like five words long <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's so it's so much fun to watch. But yeah, they're just yeah, they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna go do my thing, you go do yours. I have zero intention of ever crossing paths. <laughs> yeah. And they're both cool with it. I'm like, all right. Oh, uh, there's, I guess there's a interesting conversation of um, Beast being an ass. <laughs> of just like, we resurrected Laura because of shitty information. You know, you guys made a mistake. <laughs> if, if I were in charge, I would have done this better. She's like, dude, fuck off. All the way off, please and thank you, yeah. man. I'm so pissed because there's one cell that I saw on Reddit months ago uh-huh. that I haven't seen yet, and I'm just I'm begging for it inside because it's beast related. Obviously, it's why I'm talking about it, but um, it's not beast getting its comeuppance, but it's like it's beast getting a solid slap for uh, all the shit that he's done. And I'm just, I thought I thought we would have had it by now. Next time we read Destiny, you might get it. Oh, 
Oh, cool. Yeah, it's probably going to be an X-Force. And there's five issues of X-Force. There's pro- there's a pretty good chance. Oh, good. There's a lot of Beast coming because I read ahead. There's a lot of Beast yeah. coming in X-Force in and, and in Wolverine. Yeah. So another so thing that happened, yeah. Sorry, oh. uh, before that, out in sp- the rest of the team out in space, they save the lives, the lives of a bunch of Orcus dudes. And mm-hmm. then we get a um, sort of a memo from Beast about this new Orcus space station called the Bloom. And uh, that's really it. We don't, we don't have much more information on it. They, yeah. they do say, Beast does suggest that they grow a clone of an operative that doesn't have an X gene for the purposes of walking around the place. Yeah. So now he is invested in non-mutant resurrection or yeah, something. Now that we're here. Right. Now that we're here. Yeah. But it, it's almost like he wants to, he, he wants to do like a Hank McCoy. Yeah. And send that in. Right. Right. He's just create a clone without trusts. an X gene. Yeah. 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 There's no way they would go and pull like Senator Kelly for lack of a <laughs> better yeah. human name that I can think of on the top of my head to just go and investigate and then report back. Right. Yeah. Come on, oh, man. And then the cliffhanger. Yeah. The cliffhanger. So it there's a a shot of the Star Jammer, which is Corsair's ship. Uh, Corsair Cyclops is dead. Cyclops and Alex and Vulcan's dad <laughs> and no not Adam X's <laughs> and and it's it's a mem- it's a voice memo and as it's as as the memo is reading you see different rooms in the Starjammer and it's covered in green blood and it ends with uh, Corsair saying, I won't be able to make them anymore oh, the promises, I won't be able to make them anymore uh, we engaged the enemy and they kicked ten shades out of us I'm down to my last round, and it's for me. Protect your families. The brood are coming. And, and he is, he's got a, a, an infested pregnant Corsair. Yep. He is, he's got brooded. He done been brooded. Yeah. And there's a bunch of shadow brood in, in the, in the background. Now it's, I, it's borderline about time. <laughs> Cause <laughs> Like this is another first... long dangling plot thread, like the vault right? that's been there for for freaking yeah. ever. It's since Hickman. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. The first like ten issues of of X Men were all Hickman. What monster of the week? Been like well, this, but more plot this. of the week. <laughs> this. These um, are all things that will be relevant yeah. later, and I'm just gonna leave them Ugh. there. Yeah, and it's so much. I'm I'm so ready for this. I'm so ready for this. The fact that we have gotten the entire patriarchy re- of the brood defined and established, right, and then made brew, yeah, the king of the brood, and, and then, we've only seen it in passing in in a, a scene of New Mutants since where then. he's like, yeah, don't have full control. I don't know what that's about. Sorry about I'm that. And then, tell but then they do the they do the classic comic like shadow shifty eyed nobody yes. saw me yes <laughs> totally look and you're like oh gods oh right. gods right <laughs> oh my gosh I'm oh man and so the cover of the next volume of Captain Marvel is brood related 
those were in my pack. So I did read a few issues oh. of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've, God, you've read a lot. <laughs> this is true. While the world, while, while vehicles and buildings around you are crashing, you're just sitting there <laughs> reading all these comics. So true. <laughs> so true. That's great. But yeah, so Captain Marvel brood is happening. And then the next X-Men is going to be brood related, which the next X-Men is going to be in the next episode of Destiny of X when we cover that. Mm-hmm. Man, the brood. The brood's coming the back. The brood. The brood is coming back. Man, it's... I understand that <laughs> we write, we as a human race, write okay. our stories from Earth's perspective. Sure. But Earth has fucked with the galaxy, the universe. <laughs> so much. Yeah. It is insane. That I mean, like, I get that Brew is from the Brood and he came here during Wolverine and the X-Men, but then he joined the X-Men. And so, like, he he's an Earth character for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, totally. <laughs> and he's become now the king of the Brood. You have... Tennessee Coates going and writing Black Panther and being like, what if we gave him a five, a five star system spanning empire (laughs) and just introduce them uh, as of from a hundred years ago. And (laughs) just, they've always been a thing. And then the, the, the empire, the empress of the Shi'ar is half earthling. (laughs) Because of course, (laughs) The leader the, the of the Kree Scroll Alliance. The Kree Scroll Alliance. The Kree Scroll War, which has gone on for millennia, yeah. <laughs> has been solved by Doric the Eighth of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and his husband is of Earth. <laughs> yep. And says Orb Stellaris. Whenever we find out who's inside that, they have straight up admitted with internal monologue they are of Earth. <laughs> The the head. Oh, do you know who it is? Because of X Men Red, you son of a bitch. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the head of the Nova Corps, the 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 Galaxial Police, is yeah, of Earth, right? <laughs> um, um, what's the last one I was trying to? Oh, and then you know, Araco and the Voice of Soul of Earth. <laughs> yeah, the the Guardians of the Galaxy members of which span <laughs> from all kinds of planets unknown and unpronounceable to the human right. tongue. <laughs> the leader of Earth, half of Earth. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Just, again, on, I get that it's from our perspective and it's right. a fictional story. And so right. we're going to insert ourselves like America into everything. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's wild to me how influential this tiny planet that can oh um i was reading oh it was um i i was reading iron man for my podcast uh, not your my podcast, podcast. My, for my twitch <laughs> shush for for twitch um uh-huh. and i see where Regalians. i stand you shut your face so there's a conversation at the end where the regalians are talking about the observance that all the other space faring planets and groups are monarchies and mm. dictatorships or whatever like they're they're led by a sole thing and earth and its democratic ways are a thing of the past and their relics and it doesn't work when it comes to space travel 
and and that was one of the governing ideas about what Android 451 was trying to do with what was originally Tony Stark, but is now Arno Stark, of getting his empathy low enough and and (laughs) intelligence high enough to become the leader of the earth to to act to... um, Interesting. To introduce it to the the space, like, playing field, because you cannot have a planet run by multiple governments and think it's going to do okay in space. Right. And, yeah, anyway, that, that's a Kieran Gillen uh, yes. idea. <laughs> that's a Kieran Gillen idea if there ever was one. <laughs> I'm just surprised but, there isn't yeah. any pop music or, you know, well-dressed, non-straight people in it. I'm sure there is. Yeah. This this ties into whenever I start reading 2000s X-Men again, the next thing on my plate is Maximum Security, which is a crossover in which the alien, the, the galactic community decides to make Earth. They're, they're so sick of us that they turn Earth into an open, like a, a giant galactic prison, basically. <gasps> They just like throw all of their criminals on Earth and say you deal with them. That's a that's hilarious. And and nobody <laughs> leaves Earth. So oh yeah. So what do you want to read next week? So next episode is another Destiny episode. It's going to be Wolverine twenty six through twenty eight, mm-hmm. X Men Red number eight, mm-hmm. X Force thirty four through thirty eight. Yep. Gambit and Rogue one two and three. Yep. Deadpool one through five. Yep. And X-Men 19, 20, 21. Yep. So yeah, 20 issues should be doable because I'm going to be obsessed with reading the fuck out of some of these. Yeah, things. you are. Uh, because yeah, it's time for Beast to get his comeuppance and there's an issue of X-Men Red in there, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Wolf, if 26 through 28 of Wolverine is out in collected edition. Rogan Gambit definitely is not, so I need to download those. Okay. But I think the others, actually, I don't know about X Men. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay. We'll see how much this is going to cost. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. You got a spot for some music? Well, I mean, you know, we could put the outro music here. Oh, and, okay. Okay. Uh, make this our shortest, best episode. Congratulations. It's not just me. It's, it's definitely. It's, it's a photo. No, I was congratulating both of us. Okay, congrats. We've we've done something here. Yeah, that was wild. I, I was looking at the timestamp when we were like.